rock your story. Oh my god. That's all it is. I It'd hate talking about anything. myself. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, awesome. You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with a special guest, Aaron Deal from Improve It. Now, maybe you've heard of the Second City Comedy Club, uh, one of the the proving grounds of Saturday Night Live comedians. Maybe you wish you had more comedy in your workplace. We always try to have fun at the Dunstan Group, but you know sometimes there might be an easier way to talk to your coworkers about projects, and maybe you can use comedy to do that. Our next guest combines all of those things to create team building and better communication at your company using some of the same techniques that. F- famed Second City comedians do. In fact, she studied with them. So Aaron Deal of Improve It joins us on the Brand Butters podcast with a story that is definitely not typical of most corporate trainers. And that's what we like on the Brand Builders Podcast, something a little bit different. So welcome, Aaron. We cannot wait to hear about this. Um, first thing is you graduated from Clemson. Yes. And then you moved to Chicago. I, mistakes happen. Mistakes okay. happen. All right. Well, let's, <laughs> yes. start, let's start there. And then what? Yes. Like, what has and happened from what? there? Well, first of all, go Tigers. Okay. Right. So right. there's right. that. Okay. All right. All I, right. I see where I'm at. Actually, our podcast <laughs> our yeah. podcast that we did, Kanga, five college yes. clubs. Yeah. All right. I so saw that. They graduated. Graduated. Yeah, they did a school project, go to Shark Tank, and now they partner with Mark Cuban. And now they're in our industry and they're working with a lot of corporations to create it. It's crazy story. It's it's so um, similar to ours. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, it's like, uh, Mark, <laughs> I have him on speed dial. Yeah, it's um, oh, it's beautiful. I love, I love Mark. But um, uh, yeah, so it's it's been a nuts. It's been a crazy story. It really has. So went to Clemson, graduated. Um, plans were to become a talk show host, guys. So I said, where is the most famous talk show host and where is she located? Oh, Chicago, Oprah. So I said, move over, sister. I'm coming in. And that was my 22-year-old self with zero fear, you know, in her body and moved there and just started studying improvisation, got cast in an off-Broadway show, which when I say off-Broadway, I mean off off um and, and um so i don't even know yeah, what that means but i'm laughing because yeah, that's probably a, off it's off it's it's a uh, dinner type theater big thing. audience yeah. big audience it was improvisational based called the awesome 80s prom but it was it was fun um and so then from there i just trained at all the major theaters and um start, got an agent and started booking some mc gigs that actually took me traveling outside of chicago so for about six years I paid rent in the city of Chicago, but I was on the road for months at a time, um, just emceeing for major brands. I worked with this ad agency out of New York um, and then got back and just wanted to get off the road a little bit. So took a full time job as a recruiter. And that was my nine to five, which I know my man's got some background. Get off my LinkedIn page. I mean, I listen to a podcast. I do my homework. And um, but yeah, so did that. And then. Got really engrossed in just Second City, I.O., the Annoyance Theater in Chicago. Started, would go 9 to 5 and then go 6 to midnight every night for for years. And it was a grind. And everything that I was doing in my classes and on stage and rehearsals really just started to spill over into my day-to-day because I was doing professional, or I was doing business development, I should say, at this recruiting firm. So I became more present. I was a better listener. I was just more engaged 
engaged as a human being. And it was the moment that I stepped back into an improv classroom that I said, this is it. This is my tribe. These are my weirdos. And I, <laughs> I felt so at home. Uh, so I knew that there was just this really strong connection there. And then uh, came up with the idea for this in 2011 and got rolling. So the, the light bulb comes off. You're like, these are my people. This is what I can do. Now talk about like actually taking that leap and saying, okay, I'm going to make this a business, but how the hell am I going to make it a business? And how am I going to make it a successful business? And I think people that are listening to that podcast, that's the biggest challenge. It's not about coming up with the idea. It's about implementing it. It's about being just true to what you want to do and really focusing and, and really busting your ass. Oh my God, for sure. For sure. So um, it was a slow band-aid rip. Okay. So it was, <laughs> it hurt a little, um, but it was, it was essentially a came up with this idea in 2011. And then um, I was dating my current husband at the time. We got engaged in 2012, but I kept telling people on my classes and shows about it. And everybody's like, yes, when you do that, let me know. And I wanted to just start telling people because then I would actually follow through with it. So 2013 got married. I said, after this dang wedding is done being planned, I'm going to go full throttle. Uh, and then that's what I did because as as I know Scott knows, planning a wedding is a big, very big task. And I was, that was like another full-time job. Um, so I was at a certain point in 2013 working 40 hours a week as a recruiter, building this business on the side in the evenings and weekends, doing sketch comedy, writing sketch, uh, performing sketch, and doing improv. And I literally cannot remember how I did that. Um, I think there's so much caffeine involved. And, um, and then from there, it was, you know, I started to see, it was lucky because our, a lot of our clients are in HR and a lot of my clients in my recruiting firm were HR. I had a manager who just believed in me and believed in this idea. And I told her, I'm like, you created this beast. This is your fault. You supported me <laughs> yeah. too much. Like a good bra. Um, <laughs> so she, anyway, long story short, I went part-time at my full-time job. And then um, even with just two days of being part-time, I was able to see just the, what I could do and what, you know, the meetings that I were having and the interest that was being sparked. And so I knew very shortly thereafter, um, I, you know, I had negotiated with my my CEO and my, my manager to go part-time. It was literally a month and a half later, I came to her and I said, I've got to leave. And we did that. And it was just it, it, from, I never looked back. I'll tell you it was scary, but I, again, my husband and I, he was very supportive. We decided like, here's, you know, if I've got to eat ramen, I've got to eat ramen. But the goal was the first year you have to make back what you were making in your part-time salary. Cause we had already decided part-time would work for our family. And then the next year was, that was only six months cause I left in August of 2015. And then it was the next year. Okay. You got to remake your salary. And this is me, party of Uno, doing that. Uh, and I did it. And then it was just, after that, it was, okay, all systems go. Um, but it was a lot of hours and manpower and tears and just blood, sweat, all the things. And um, But I just always knew if I didn't do it, I would regret it. So that was that was a big calling in my heart. Like, you have to do this. You have to go for it. If you don't do it, you know, there's some, there's going to be a piece of you missing. 
So. You have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for those that don't know, could you explain what improv is? Yes, it is. Actually, we're improvising right now. Okay. So it is playing pretend as an adult. It is being in the moment. Essentially, if you go see an improv show, there's two forms of, of, of improv. There's short form, which is similar to like whose line is it anyway, which is a lot of short form games and just audience suggestions help fuel those games. And then there's long form, which is you have 30 minutes on stage with an ensemble. You ask for a one word suggestion. And in those 30 minutes, you have to come up with a 30 minute set based on those based on that one word suggestion from the audience. So um, with that said, there's so much involved. There's a ton of form that goes into it. So there is a format that you follow with a long form set, but there's also so much trust that you have to have from your scene partners and from the people on stage. You have to have each other's backs and you have to support each other. And that's the fundamental of improv is what we call yes and. It's listening to an idea adding to that idea versus negating it. So if you were my scene partner, Scott, are you ready to improvise right now? Uh, <laughs> He's ready. I'm not a good candidate, but sure. He's ready. Here. But so if we were in a scene together and let's say I came into the scene and I said, doctor, I just broke my arm. And you're like, you're not a doctor. Okay. You just look at me like in disgust. There is very little for, or there's not much I can do from that, right? So I have to then say, yes, I am, and justify that I am a doctor. But if you were to say, oh, yes, uh, I, you know, let me get out my, my gauze and I've, I can make you the best cast in the whole world and start wrapping my arm, I then have somewhere else to go with you. So instead of you shutting me down in that moment, I you're adding you. to it, which is so great for teams, essentially, which is what is the nature of our business is inclusivity, making people feel heard, postponing judgment and giving teams an opportunity to have a voice, share that voice and be supported in that voice. I love what you just said because I feel like social media and it's a great thing, but it's also a bad thing. And I feel like there's not a lot of people that do that. And 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 it's interesting if somebody's putting an idea out there, there's always person right away to be like, that's not going to work. Why would you do that? You're not a doctor, right? Yeah. So like, totally. in, in, in a, instead of saying, hey, that's awesome. Like if you're passionate about that, like do it. That's so cool. So I love how you bring that into the class. And you're basically saying like, y'all, we don't all have to have the best ideas, but you can't shut them down right at the beginning either. And totally. if you do that, then you're, you're closing doors. That could be a really big opportunity culturally, company-wise, whatever. So that's interesting. Um, all right. So I want to know, like when you came up with the idea and now you're doing improv and you're working with these corporate workshops, like what are some of the, the clients you don't have to necessarily, you know, tell us who they are, but what are some of the clients that, that have reached out to you? And then how have you kind of created that program? And, and, and maybe is it something brand new to them too? And they're like, well, we, I don't know what the hell we're doing, but let's bring in, you know, Im improve it and we'll mm -hmm. see what happens. And then they're like, oh my God, that was amazing. So like, how does like, who, the, who's the clientele that's doing that? <laughs> okay. They always say that. Thank you. Um, thank you. Uh, so, okay. So a couple things. So we developed 10 different workshops. So 10 different soft skill training workshops, uh, things from team building, effective communication, leadership, presentation skills, thinking quickly on your feet, 
um, networking. So there's a variety of 10 different offerings we have. So when somebody, let's say on an inbound side comes to us, they are necessarily coming. They say, I have this event. We've, we want something outside of the box, something experiential. And what we do is get super specific on their objective and what they want the participants to walk away from or walk away with. And then also the challenges that they have. And then once we can narrow down those two things, Typically, we have an offering that we can say, here's this offering. Let's do this with this group. Here's what it looks and feels like. Go through that with them. And then we tailor the debriefs of, of this sort of quote unquote off the shelf offering to what they're actually looking for. So we always say we measure the ROO, the return on their objective. Crafty at you. Look at that. Throwing out acronyms. Uh, so, but yeah, and then some of our clients, I mean, we love the people we work with um, in Charlotte, in Chicago. So our biggest clients are Motorola Solutions, PepsiCo, Gatorade, Propel, all of those brands. Um, but Motorola is a very big client of ours. We work with them every single month. Um, We've worked with Walgreens. We've worked with the Obama Foundation. We've worked here in, in Charlotte. We work with Red Ventures, Sonic Automotive. Um, and so we're just, it could be those those names I just dropped. So just really, I, really small, yeah. you know, boutique <laughs> yeah. firms. Boutique you know, firms. Yeah, yeah, um, no big deal. I've yeah. never heard yeah. of yeah. that. No. What, is, uh, <laughs> what is the Obama Foundation? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's but, awesome. Gatorade, huh? Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I mean, that's it's fun. But it in the, but then I was just gonna say it could be Fortune 500. It could also be midsize, small size. I mean, we work with associations, non for profits, mom and pops. Like it just depends on the. It depends on what their need is and how if we find them or if they find us. Um, but typically. They, I will say we create such a positive experience in our workshops that our goal is, and I wish we could do this. So maybe if you know somebody, uh, we would have a before video and an after video of, a, oh, this guy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's my man. Yes. 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 Got a guy. <laughs> yes. Got a guy. Got a guy. Well, and it's so funny because you can watch a group of people walk in the room so uncomfortable. They're like, what is going to happen to me? They think we're going to make them stand up and bark like a dog. And that is not the case at all. It is very much an inclusive space where everybody's doing the same thing together. And so when you walk out, you walk in, let's say there's 25 people, 25 individuals, you walk out a 25 cohesive unit of people because you've spent and done something with these people. It could be people you know, you don't know, that you typically wouldn't, and you just feel connected because the methodologies we use are all about connectivity and interaction. So like emotions and laughing is a big thing. Like I love yeah. when I when I can either go to a show or watch something and like your face hurts. Right? I always say like, yeah. oh my God, my face hurts. Like the only other time my face hurts like that is during my wedding when I had to smile for uh -huh. that long. You know what I mean? For like, photos. Like those are the two times. But um, I've never got to go to a corporate training session where it was more focused on like laughter and bringing that emotion out. And I just feel like it's so stuffy when you go into normal training sessions. And like you just said, I've been the people walking through like, Oh my God, are they going to make us go up on stage? And like, we're going to all going to have to talk. Oh, give me a volunteer. Like can't wait. Um, and, and that's so cool to see the opposite effect. And when they come in or when they leave, it's like, that was cool as shit. Yeah. Like, and now we're all like even more of a team. I want to do it. You know, yes. like now I want to be like, well, we have an opportunity. You, yeah. Yes. She, so tell us a little bit about that. You do these workshops. What's, what's the format and how do people get involved with yeah. that? Yeah. So we had a public one here in Charlotte on Tuesday. We do those 
quarterly. We don't do one in Q3 because summer we usually do the evenings and it's just a hard time to get people. So we'll be back in Q4. Um, so those are our public offerings and we do those for people to come check us out, see what we do. But each workshop is two full hours and the structure of every workshop is the same, but the content and the messaging and activities are completely different. So we start off with an overarching objective. We break it down. We do two interactive activities per subsection, but really where the magic happens is in our debriefs. So if you can imagine 30 people in a room standing in a circle, no cell phones, no technology. I mean, they are in it with us from start to finish. And it's it's very much they are the presentation and we are facilitating their presentation. So or we're helping engage them through that. So it's a lot of interaction, a lot of being on your feet, um, but everything has, a, we always say, a method to the madness. So there's a reason and a purpose, and a really thoughtful uh, reason we put an activity in a workshop, and then we talk about it after every single one. We have a key takeaway recap, as well as a worksheet that they take on those key takeaways. We do surveys at the end to collect participant data, and then we actually just created e-learning courses in conjunction with every single offering, so they can continue the learning after we leave because that was a big uh, ask of clients was we had this great two-hour session and then you guys are gone what do we do and we now have this three-week offering which is it comes as a package now it's it's included so you get the workshop you get nine modules of e-learning that come to you via email you get um, audio of this beautiful nasal twang voice. Um, and <laughs> this could be in your ear always. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. And she is and, a comedian. Yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, and there's also worksheets and there, we pick up where the workshop left off and add additional learning to it too as, as well. So we really try to brand ourselves as a professional development company who uses improvisational comedy to train on soft skills versus the opposite. So so we're not coming in to teach you zip zap zop for your office. We're teaching you how to be the best professional you can be. And we think this is the art form to do that. Very cool. So like when these big corporations hire you, mm -hmm. what teams are they normally focusing on? Is it sales teams? Is it marketing? Is it HR? Like Oh, every single everybody? one you just mentioned. Yeah, we've done, I mean, IT, engineering groups. We've done... Accountants. I bet the engineers are fun. Oh, they are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're they're kind of. But I will say. So structured. You, you know? get surprised. Some of the most analytical, introverted people are the most talented when they're being in the moment and present and the truth. Because yeah, it's not about being, you know, not telling a joke. It's about reacting in the moment. And they are funny. It will surprise <laughs> you. And it is it is just interesting. We work with CPAs. We actually worked with uh, Illinois CPA Society a lot. Oh, wow. Which is a, was one of our oh, first clients, actually. Um so it's it's mostly I'll say sales teams, HR groups. It could even be marketing. I mean, it is across the board. Just people find us for a variety of reasons, and um, we have a lot of repeat business now. A lot of word of mouth in Chicago, which is great. But it just it just varies. We we get very specific though. We get to know who we're working with before we walk in because we every workshop, even though we know the content, the people are different. So. We want to know who they are, what they do, how they interact with each other, the dynamic, all of those things before we walk in the room. So we get to know that through the client. And then um, 
once we get in, we have an idea of who we're working with. Are you seeing any differences like with the way that people interact in in Chicago versus Charlotte? Like, is the culture good that question. much different? Good question. Good question. Yeah, good question. I'm going to tell Are you. Are we slower? No. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> There's a lot of Hell implants in no. Charlotte. We might say y'all. <laughs> yeah. I will say this because I am half Southern, half Midwestern, a little bit Yankee, a little bit y'all. That's what I say. Um, French restaurant on a farm. So there, there. There's, I will say this. I did um, one of our first workshops actually in 2014 was actually here in Charlotte. And I had a bit of trepidation after that because I will say it was a more what we do is outside the box. So you got to be ready for it and you've got to be open to being vulnerable is the mm-hmm. biggest thing. So there was a group that we worked with that was a little conservative and was, you know, They didn't want that armor to come down. And so it freaked me out a little bit about Charlotte. And then after a while, I started seeing all these, because we work with a ton of financial firms. We work with a ton of young professionals. And obviously, that's where Charlotte is really thriving. And um, we have so many great clients here. I I will say there's really not a difference in what we see, because there are so many transplants here. And most of the people we work with, honestly, are from the Northeast here, which is funny. Um, But also, at the same time, it's, I think everybody's trying to figure out how to be their best selves professionally. And the, especially with the young professional generation, they want to learn. They're all about mission and how do I become the best me I possibly can. And I think it really resonates with them. It, it definitely, I think there's a difference between like, a, you know, a digital marketing company. And then I'll tell you, we've done groups of like roofers. In Michigan, okay, we did a group of a hundred roofers, and that takes some warming up. But by the end, they were in it and they were living their best lives, and it was awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> there well, is, we could do that. Yeah, <laughs> we could do anything. Do you see a lot? Like we hear a lot, and we experience some of it. Like the conflict between sales and sort of support staff to sales, like mm. inside versus outside, and the way they interact. Because it seems like the sales guys that are out there delivering, and we're not necessarily delivering, but you know, bringing in the business, saying what they have to say to get it in the door, and then they kind of hand it off. Mm-hmm. And it seems like there's always conflict there. Always. Do, do you see that a lot? Yes. And so we'll work with cross-functional groups like that to talk about communication. And that's a big, that would be a, a recommendation right there, I would say, to a client. Let's do effective communication, and let's talk about inter- internal communication cross-functionally. Um, and we can address that through this workshop. But I, I do see that. And we, I will say sales teams, I mean, when, as soon as we hear we're working with a sales team, we know what that's going to be like. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's fun. Oh, it's really yeah. fun. And they're competitive. Very. So competitive. And um, we had this group, <laughs> I'll just tell you, in Michigan. Well, they're from Michigan's big, big mortgage company. And they were like, these are going to be some of our senior loan officers. And there's 75 of them. And, they're, and we always have a lead facilitator, and then for every 15 additional attendees, a co-facilitator. So it was me, and then three other co-facilitators, two women and one dude. This is a group, it's like 75 men, okay, like jacked 
Oh, <laughs> and, and, and Wall Street, yes, right there, jacked, and the I, mortgage guy. Yes. So we walk in, and I'm like, "All right, guys, uh, you know, we got this. Pull, pull up my, you know, pull up my balls." And so, and then, can we edit that? Uh, no, it's no okay, let's say that. Yeah. Sorry, mom. Um, so anyway, I walk in, and these guys, I, I had no idea what it was going to be like. Oh my god, the debriefs screaming out answers so in it like it was wolf of wall street and they just loved everything they hung on to every word i said and if we always do um we have a chicken hat that's a part of our workshops okay so just know that that's involved they loved that we also do this thing called the circle of yes and it's essentially we also do an activity where we have everybody has to go up in the air and put their hands up and go yes and scream it it was like mortgage lenders at church like they were just praising <laughs> praising the yes lord and it was so awesome it was just the energy and that's the thing is every workshop um, I lead and then I have six other lead facilitators it's just so much energy like I go home and if I do a half day which is four hours I'm I'm face planting on a couch because you give yourself so much to these people and they give to you and it's almost like a hamster wheel or yoga for your brain, I should say, your your hamster wheel is turning over and over because it's so much mental capacity and so much stimulation by the activities that we do, the interaction, you're on that whole time. So it's it's high energy for sure. But that group was the highest. <laughs> they were they were rocking. I love it. it. I feel I would fit right in. Yes. Um so I want to I want to pivot and I want to talk to you about uh, comedy as a whole, and I think it's I think it'll be fascinating for our listeners to understand this because I grew up in the in the '90s and early 2000s. Everybody made fun of everybody for anything and everything, and it was absolutely hilarious. It didn't matter; nobody got offended. It was great. Um, I mean, Adam Sandler comes to mind. Like, there's certain people that were just hilarious. Dave Chappelle didn't care; didn't matter. He was going after you. South Park, the show, didn't care. Family Guy, same thing. You now look at the lovely era that we live in in 2019 where everybody's offended for everything. Um, and it seems like comedians are getting attacked where they might come out and just say a joke, which would normally be funny 10 years ago. But now it's like, <gasps> yeah. and they go on the attack. Like what a is that making people not want to go into comedy? B, where is comedy as a whole from almost a, an industry? And are we going to get over that fact to realize that like it's really healthy to laugh and like it's really healthy to laugh at jokes that even might be about you? Like it's still funny. <laughs> and so like just laugh and like have a good time and put a smile on your yeah. face. But it seems like, oh, how would you say that? And I just feel like comedy right now, they're, they're literally walking up on stage and there's all these things that they could say that would be funny, but they can't. And it's like, how do you tiptoe uh, on that? So what is totally. your, like, being in the field of yeah. that, how the hell do you Good question. feel about that? Yeah, I, this is getting my wheels turning. I will say this, a couple of things. So it's different for what we do because on stage with us, we have, we have a team of people, right? So I did stand up one time and I will tell you, I will never do it again. Uh, I give stand up comics so much credit because I need that support. I need those people behind me. And even in a keynote, I have, I got a team of two to three people with me. So 
that is a little bit, what we do is different from getting up and telling jokes. But I will also say that with that, you know, we're making it up on the spot. So we do have to be cognizant. It is a definite, there, there is that sort of mindset now to be careful and thoughtful about what we say. And I, the, so our people, the, the facilitators we have in Chicago and even here are just so smart. Have you ever met a dumb comedian? No, right? You have to know culture. You have to be on top of what's happening in the world. And we always say play to the top of your intelligence. So as long as you're playing to the top of your intelligence and you're doing exactly what you know to be true or things that come to your mind that are relevant and you're not doing it in an offensive way, if you're making fun of yourself, I think self-deprecation is a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, we are trained that because improv itself is so inclusive we don't want to we don't want to you know harm other people by what we're saying we want to make it as smart and as funny as we possibly can so a lot of the things that people do on stage we have one of our guys on stage right now at second city in chicago and it's they use politics and but they do it in a way that is thoughtful tasteful and funny and those are sketches so those are thought out and written um but you i think for us, it's really about being as smart as you can with your humor, um, using comedy as a tool to celebrate culturally versus to discriminate culturally Love and that. to bring people together. Because if you think about why do you go see a comedy show, you want to be entertained. You don't want to sit there and think about all the bad things going on in the world. So how can you sit there, relax and enjoy it? And how can we make that experience uh, and that's, and that's, you know, we do workshops. So and we do also do entertainment, but when we're doing the entertainment piece, it's really, you know, you got, I will tell you this. I've never met, uh, the qualities of a great improviser are the qualities of a great human. And so if you're a good improviser, you have to have the qualities of being, you know, inclusive. You have to have that quality of trust. You have to have that quality of just understanding human beings. And so, that is what that's how we hired all of our people is finding those great qualities because people have to trust us to walk into their business and to disrupt productivity for at least two hours. And so um, you better be good. You better be good. Yeah. And so I will say that is, you know, one of the things I'm proudest of is our people are just so smart and thoughtful. And I think is in the comedy world today, you you. you you just have to play to the top of your intelligence. And if you do that, then you'll succeed. That's a phenomenal answer. And if you if you want more info on that, Joe Rogan and Kevin Hart's podcast is oh, yeah. unbelievable. And he explains a lot of that because he just went through a tough time with, you know, all of that stuff. I won't mm -hmm. ruin it, but go check it out. Well, I'll take that nine-hour yeah. podcast and listen to that. <laughs> it's very good. It's, it's worth the listen. No, Both it, of them are yeah. super funny. So, um, Thank you for answering that. that. I know that's kind of a, a, a question that you don't really know where it's going to go, but that's really fascinating to understand, and I, I don't think I've ever met a comedian that wasn't very smart, and that's interesting. you got to understand your surroundings and, and tailor your approach to that. Um, so that's really cool. Now, uh, one thing that our organization does is we really, you know, strive to give back to the community, be involved in the community. I know that you've made it a point to, to give back to a charity or some charities. Tell us about um, your organization and what you guys do to give back and, and really kind of how that plays into the culture of what you've built. Yeah, thank you. I will say, and I love that you guys do that, by the way. Um, so improv is all about giving 
and supporting other people, right? So it was natural to me when we were creating this business to have a mission that is about supporting a cause bigger than ourselves. So we've changed charity partners every two years and we just find organizations that we believe in and we want to see succeed. And so what we have right now is in Chicago, an organization called Girl Forward, um, which is all about helping women, young women who have come to the United States and have had some type of prosecution or they've migrated here and they've gone through some type of trouble to come to the United States and they get mentorship opportunities, summer programming, after school programming. So we donate a portion of all of our profit in Chicago to Girl Forward. And then in Charlotte, we work with Girls Rock, which is an amazing organization, helps young women be their most confident selves by empowering them through music and film. So kind of that art entertainment piece as well. And we're women-owned, <laughs> women-ran, but we do have male facilitators. We love our dudes. <laughs> um, and so it's sort of what we're calling the year of the woman here at Improve It. And it was just a big part of, of creating our, our mission was we, ha- we want this to be something that impacts the communities that we're a part of. I love that. And I want to jump back quickly because this is a question I didn't ask, but I want to know. So you mentioned some some what I would call billboard type clients, right? Like if you got that client, you want to put it on the billboard and go, damn, I just got Gatorade. Yeah. I'm the the best salesman ever or saleswoman ever. So I want to just know from a sales perspective, how the hell did you get to them? Number one, was it more referral based? Was it, was it a little bit of luck? Was it you being direct? What was your kind of sales approach to be able to have the opportunity to work with these brands that you just listed that, to be honest, anybody would dream of working with? Yeah. Thank you. Well, I don't really think about it like that, but I'm going to think about it like that. <laughs> so um, I will say this. So having a recruiting background, I had some hey, connections. Hey. High five, brother. Boom. Yes. We can um, find anybody, anywhere. Anywhere. Don't test us. Hey, yes. we recruited the recruiter. That's right. That's right. That's oh, right. you did. You sure did. Man. Um, but Sorry, a crew partner. It <laughs> <laughs> Look at him now. Tighten up. Uh, so yeah, I would say it was. It was. I think I'm naturally just I'm drawn to people. I get energy from people. I love meeting and connecting and genuinely connecting. So I think that I'm not going to say it's all me too. Like now I have a team of people internally who are, you know, truly they've never done sales before internally, but they have the core values and the passion for what we do. So I think the, the way that we sell is very service-based. So we try to get involved with a lot of organizations and associations and get to know people so they know who we are. Um, you know, I'm not going to tell you, or I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, when I was in recruiting, I didn't knock on doors and get doors slammed in my face. I've done it all. I've done the cold calling. I've done, you know, walking around and businesses, handing out business cards and, you know, doing dropping off cupcakes, all that kind of stuff. And we just don't sell like that anymore. We do, we do a lot of thought leadership, a lot of content-based marketing, and that brings in our inbound. And then we just try to get really involved in the communities that we're a part of. So people get to know us, they get to know what we do. Um, but a lot of those clients came, I'm just even thinking about how we got some of, some of them came from inbound and then some of them came from so-and-so knows so-and-so, you should know Aaron or you should know Allie or you should know, you know, so it just, it, it happens after, you know, after shaking hands, kissing a lot of babies. You know, 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, we, we approach our business the same way and when we walk into a room, our goal is not to try to pass as many business cards out. It's to get to know people because especially in Charlotte, it's a small enough city where you're going to see them again. Um, and it might take 10, you know, events or or 10 opportunities to, to have a conversation. But if you genuinely care about someone and genuinely want to get to know them, the business will return uh, or will come your direction. And that's pretty much why we started the podcast as well as a way to create a medium to promote the brands that we work with. But ultimately it's just cool. And and we get people that are like, Hey, you got to interview the CEO. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like we, we never would have, have, have thought that that person would be coming on our podcast two years later. So like Aaron, you know what I mean? That's I it. Mean, it's a, stop, it took, keep going. It was, yeah, it was stop. <laughs> no, keep going. Keep going. Um, keep going. Well, Aaron, I, I, this has been awesome. I really can't wait to do one of your workshops. I'm kind of bummed out that I didn't go on Tuesday. Oh my God. We could crush it. Coming up. She is. And I'm going to check that out. Um, what is the best way for anybody that is obviously in Charlotte or anywhere over the country, um, to get in touch with you guys, to follow your journey, to, to see your content. What is, uh, what's the best way to reach you? You're awesome. So we actually have a new, uh, link here. www.improveitcharlotte.com. Here we are. 704 is lit right yeah, now. Yeah, and uh, coming for you, Queen City. Um, and then uh, improveitchicago.com will take you to the same place. And then you can check us out on social media at Improve It on LinkedIn, Facebook. And then right now our handle for Instagram is Improve It Shy. But we are, we are, we thought about it, improve it, Char, but we think it might just be improve it, Charlotte. So that might be coming soon, but right now, just improve it, Shy. But we're so excited to be a part of this amazing city that's growing and just, I love coming here. We have people here hired now, so we're just pumped to hit the ground running and continue to develop great relationships and be a part of the community. I love it. And, and to what, I mean, two cool cities, right? Chicago and Charlotte. I love it. So, um, well, Aaron, thank you so much. Everyone, um, if you are listening to this podcast, we would be so grateful if you can like and share this on all your social media channels. We appreciate all of you. appreciate all of our listeners. We hope you have a blessed day. Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come and join us. It was fascinating to learn more about your background, how you started this organization. I can't wait to be a part of it and and do one of the workshops or or maybe even do our own here at Dunstan Group. Yeah, 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 Scott. Yeah, 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 yeah. But thank you so much. Me and some other folks squirm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what? But Scott, and one thing that's cool, and Scott has done this. He just started playing the guitar a year and a half ago, where he's gotten lessons. Is he's challenging himself to always be better and do something different. And I think when we first started this podcast, he was a little bit on the fence, like I don't really know. Like, and and now he's done a great job with it. I think it's so cool to step out of your comfort zone, and you do that with organizations on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really neat. Um, we could talk to you forever, but uh, we'll have to do she a fight uh, to catch me. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Back to Chi-Town. Yeah. Back to 50 degrees. <laughs> well, uh, that's right. Well, Aaron, thank you so much. Have a safe trip. We will let you know um, when we can get on board with this. And um, if anybody is interested and you can't reach her, just reach out to me and Scott. We'll help you. Aaron, thank you so much. Thank and you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Aaron. Loved it. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.